What's going on, everybody? RIP to my mic. But today's episode is brought to you by the Fantasy Football Dudes Podcast. Let's not talk about my Raiders, but they do on the episode. But they also go over other Week 8 games, who to add during Week 9. You know, they talk about uh, Halloween. And if you're not streaming quarterbacks, I think you should be. But they talk about um, who you should stream. So check out the Fantasy Football Dudes podcast. Local guys, big Bulldog supporters. That's the Fantasy Football Dudes podcast. Thanks, guys, and go dogs. Hello, Red Wave. My mic is gone, and it's been a crazy time. Uh, Caleb is here. I, what a win by the Bulldogs. What's happening? Caleb, please help me out. Sorry, everybody. You're not – my mic broke. So this is what you get. Caleb Pletz, how you doing, man? What else? Oh, man. Nuts. They, well, I am doing really well. What a, what a comeback at the end of that game. And um, I did stay for the whole game. Um, me and probably <laughs> sure 5,000. Yeah, sure. Yeah, me and yeah. <laughs> 5,000 other people probably stayed for the very end. But, um, yeah, what a game. And I mean, what, what a difference it makes having, you know, your, your senior leaders uh, come back and uh, contribute to the team. So that was electric, uh, a crazy meltdown by San Diego state, which is hilarious. Uh, love that for a rivalry game. Uh, but yeah, overall it was just a roller coaster. and uh, yeah, we got plenty to talk about on this, on this recap. So yeah, Fresno State comes away with the victory. If you haven't heard, uh, 32 to 28, uh, they scored two late touchdowns and, you know, about 13 seconds uh, to pull ahead. I mean, tons of turnovers in this game, a lot of back and forth, you know, mostly favoring San Diego State for most of the game, but um, Fresno State hung in there. And yeah, crazy game. So let's, let's break it down. <laughs> okay, real quick. Can I just say blocked field goal, then three and out, touchdown two-point conversion, onside kick, touchdown, interception. Wild. <laughs> All right, so Crazy. we're going to get we're going to get to you guys first, okay? So you can follow us on Twitter at beware csuf and on Instagram beware bulldogs podcast. We put it out to you guys every week. You guys give us your responses and I love reading through them. It's crazy. Uh Look, if you're not on Twitter, you need to get on Twitter. I I don't care what you think about Twitter now, in the past, whatever. It's the place to be for sports, one. And two, it's just insanity over there. And we're going to get to more things happening on Twitter, right, That that's going on currently. We are recording on a Sunday afternoon right now. Uh, but we'll get to that. Well, here, here, here you go. Uh, cool, Eli. I left early, but I watched the game at home. It ain't over till it's over. Sometimes you just have to leave early. I understand. Sometimes, though, you, you should probably stay the whole game. But he watched. He watched it on TV. Okay. In that TV money. Okay. Uh, Rob Brown, epic win. Frustrating game, but Hayner is a true game changer. Yep. Chris Sal, 90, once in a decade type of ending. That's why I always stay until 0 0 dot dot 0 0. Uh, do you can you remember any home game that was like this crazy? I, well, I, maybe not home game. Just let's just open it up. Any Fresno State game in general in your lifetime. So reminder to all the people out here, Caleb and I are uh, what are we? 
shoot man we're in our I'm, upper 20s now. yeah i'm Holy. 27 so yeah me uh, too okay so 27 in our 27 years so subtract about five years and what we can remember so the past 20 years caleb what can yeah, you so remember pretty, pretty much like david carr senior season and onwards, yeah it's kind of what we remember <laughs> i mean even think back to this season the the orchestra state game i mean was electric that's, at that's the true. end i mean it wasn't obviously an ending in fresno state's favor but um yeah, I mean, similar energy, I think, and coming down to, you know, the last minute of the fourth quarter. Um, I mean, beyond that, I mean, obviously last season, you know, the UCLA game, I mean, even, you know, Jake mentioned it in the postgame press conference that, um, you know, he felt like this win was, you know, up there and maybe even bigger um, in his eyes in terms of comeback you know, compared to that game. So, yeah, it's I have a hard time coming up with something that, it's really even like as improbable, especially with recovering an onside kick. I mean, I, I can't really remember us, you know, recovering an onside kick and then executing, you know, a game winning drive. So yeah, yeah, this one's definitely up there in terms of late game execution and um, yeah, a little bit of bulldog magic. Yeah. I mean, the only games I can remember UCLA last year, Rutgers with Derek Carr. That was crazy. Uh, someone brought up 2001 Colorado State. I don't remember that. Going to be honest, uh, I would have to go back and look at the that, look at the film. But uh, I, I'm sure you guys let us know these these crazy games that you guys remember uh, and where this one ranks. Colton du- Colton Dwayne wasn't pretty. Squeaked it out at the end. Kevin, crazy comeback. These boys never gave up. I'm proud of them. Bronx Bombers 44 is shocked. The Fresno State football fans. Uh, account disappointed so many fans left what a game randy price slow is still in shock best comeback win i've ever witnessed so glad i stayed for the end moving over to twitter the ghost of jim sweeney he interacts with us just so everyone knows when it is when is a win in the end Uh, need to address the o-line before next season i'd like to see sherrod carry the ball a little more Hainer needs to not get sacked seven times if we want him to remain alive for the rest of the season. Go dogs. <laughs> yes, Coach Sweeney. I uh, have a big problem with our O-line. We did have a couple injuries on the O-line. We'll get to that later. I want to get through everybody. Curtis Stevens. Oh, my God. With a W. G-A-W-D. Wow. Might be the craziest game I've ever watched. One of my teams win. Quick thoughts, tale of two halves for the defense. San Diego got really conservative in the second half. Too many missed opportunities for the offense. O-line is trash and no run game. I have no arguments there. Uh, MF Classy Chris saw the offense laughing on the sideline with five minutes left as we were leaving. Uh, Offense showed me good on them. Uh, Jared said that was the craziest ending I could remember for a Fresno State game. I was at the game in my season ticket seat too. Stayed for all four quarters. Nathan, Laura, a lot, of, a lot to work on, especially the run game. Yes, but I can't wait to get home and watch those highlights. Niners and Bulldogs still absorbing it. Me too. It, I mean, I'm going to be absorbing this one for a while. I'm glad I'm not a player and I have to move on really quick. I want to live in this moment for a little bit. <laughs> 
our, our friend Chris Sylvester, play-by-play broadcaster at Cal Poly. Something about Jake Hayner means magic. Favorite college player. Wow. Big time right there. You know, and I did see that. A lot of uh, people that are in the Barstool world, Barstool loves Jake Hayner, and they put stuff up about him. Just that whenever Jake Hayner's on the field, you need to be watching the game because <laughs> crazy things happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Sepulveda. Hollywood couldn't have written a better script. Also, is Jay Kaner okay? So he asks us a question, so we've got to answer it. Is Jay Kaner okay? I think so. I mean, he, he seemed like he was doing well uh, you know, in the post-game press conference. So, I mean, he, he did mention, you know, the adrenaline definitely helped get him through the game. Um, but, I mean, even, you know, Tedford said, you know, look, we, we wouldn't put the guys out there, you know, if they, you know, if they weren't confident in their ability to perform and, you know, that they weren't worried that they would do future damage to, you know, injuries. So, yeah, I, I think he's okay. I mean, there was still some rust. Um, I mean, you could argue that both the interceptions weren't necessarily his fault. You know, one was tipped and one, um, you know, Josh Kelly tripped uh, on, I'll say, on the goal line. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> gave it up. But, yeah, o- overall, I mean, I I don't think Fresno State could have won this game with Logan Fife. So, yeah, we'll, we'll take that performance from Hayner every time yeah i he's okay but i did see him get tackled i did not go to the game okay i'm just being honest here i was uh at a watch party with my 90 year old grandparents and my baby so (laughs) uh on tv he uh it looked like he winced a couple times uh when guys landed on his ankle but I have a healthy ankle and a 300 pounder laying on my healthy ankle. I would wince too. So I think he's fine. Amadio Rodriguez. I was upset and happy at the end of the game. Me too. Brandon, this quote, it's not over till it's over saying should be our motto the rest of the year. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Uh, Hayner didn't have his best game. Still dropped over 400 yards. Dogs were able to spread the love around to multiple talented receivers. Let's go red wave. And the beat goes on. Adam Munoz game was insane. I was there faith, baby Jacob. So as good, if not better than the UCLA game. Wow. hundred percent should have had three to four more touchdowns with all the interceptions and turnovers. Yes, but beautiful game. Nonetheless, dogs perform under immense pressure at the end, excited for the rest of the season. Matt says my heart is still going a mile a second after that ending. Wild. Uh, thank you guys for all your responses. A blast uh, talking with you guys and hearing from you. Uh, okay, Caleb, you hear what the red wave had to say about all that. Um, I want to hear from you now, and I'm going to break it down. Oh, we're going to break it down little by little, position by position. Let's start with the O-line. Okay. Multiple people said this O-line, not good. Dante Bull went out injured and it is not good. He was in the hospital, went to the hospital. So um, I don't, he's not back. He's done. I'm pretty sure he's done. Um, uh, Who got hurt? Who was the other guy that got hurt? I'm blinking. Right guard. Um, Mose Baveo. Okay. Um, So I know it was, uh, yeah, yeah. because Samson played a lot of the second half. Yeah, and I believe Samson started and then got benched and then subbed back in for the injury. Um, And they moved Spomer. Did they move Spomer from left to right? 
in the middle of the game? I don't I, think so. I think he okay. stayed at left tackle most of the game. But okay. yeah, it was just a direct sub in for Bull um, at right tackle. Either way, lots of lots of things going on at the O line. We saw San Diego State bring a ton of pressure. Okay, so this wasn't like like three, four down linemen getting pressure. They were bringing five, six, seven guys. Now I will say this: we were getting beat. On, in our one-on-one matchups. So I don't want to take anything away from that because we, we have a lot to work on there. But, I mean, we were making progress. We looked fine when Logan Fife was quarterback. I, I made a joke that uh, it seems like our O-line has something against Jake Hayner. What did they not – did he say something? What did, what did he do? <laughs> He's just getting hammered out there. Uh, talk to me about this O-line. Yeah, it, it was not good. Um... Yeah, really surprising because, you know, the last two games were really coming off two strong performances by, you know, the offensive line and the defense and really the running game too. Um, So this was really not expected. Um, But yeah, credit to San Diego State. You know, they played really hard and they brought a lot of pressure. So they really put a hurting on this offensive line and we just couldn't handle it. Um, I mean, second half, I think there were a lot of adjustments made on both sides of the ball. And I think there were some adjustments that were improvements in the second half, but yeah, overall not encouraging. And I mean, when your total rushing yards is negative, you know, accounting for sacks, uh, that's, that's really bad. And I mean, I'd be interested to look up, you know, how many teams have ever won games with negative rushing yards. I mean, I can't imagine (laughs) that's a very long list, but um yeah, I mean, without Jake Hayner throwing for 400 yards, uh, I mean, there's no way this team can win, you know, with, you know, negative rushing yards. So, credit yeah. to San Diego State. I mean, they shut down everything in the pocket and around the line of scrimmage. And, yeah, it was kind of frustrating, too. It seemed like, you know, Jake just really couldn't escape the pocket. It seemed like he was just kind of going to stick in there, and then he just kind of, you know, took the sacks um, that came and San Diego State had seven sacks on the day. Yeah. Um, he did escape quite a few, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. He was kind of slipping away. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of a difference between, you know, maybe a, you know, fully healthy Hayner and, you know, what, what we saw from Fife the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, in his, in Fife's improvement, you know, he was kind of, you know, spinning out of the pocket and trying to roll out and escape pressure, um, which was, you know, an improvement. And, you know, we didn't see a ton of that from Hainer um, this week. He just kind of stayed in there. I mean, granted, he made a lot of throws from inside the pocket <laughs> and threw for 400 yards. So, I mean, I really can't criticize, you know, his, his performance there. But, um, yeah, offensive line has to figure something out. Um, you know, hopefully they can figure it out before, uh, you know, the next game against Hawaii, which, um, you know, does not have as strong as, you know, a defensive line and pass rush. So, Good, good time to have them coming in, but also Hawaii is just uh, a mystery too for this team. So but we're getting ahead of ourselves. So yeah, we'll, what were your thoughts on offensive line? As it, 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 it's hard to watch when you know our guys are getting injured on the offensive line, and we've had such big improvements uh, on the offensive line, and then two guys go down, and now we're playing different positions and things like that. And Jake is under pressure; he's already banged up a little bit. Uh, you could kind of see. Um, He's a step slow. I don't, you know, maybe he is hundred percent, but you have the, you know, a five pound weight on your ankle. You're going to be a step slower. Same with Evan uh, Williams with that brace on his knee. I thought Evan was a step slow. Uh, then, then you, then his hundred percent 
um, Evan Williams, but that that's expected. Now I'm sure they felt fine, hopefully, um, but it's hard coming off injury and that, but back to O-line, um, I brought this up yesterday or last night in our Twitter space. And that was that if you can't, and you know, I bring this up every episode, Gail, but you, if you can't establish a running game and the defense knows that we're just going to pass every play, it's hard to win a game. And this was a hard game to win. Yes. Granted. Yes. We won. And Jake was insane. But when Jordan Mims runs for 32 yards and Malik Sherrod runs for 14 yards, granted that's only, that was only on two carries. Um, you know, Malik, yeah, coach Sweeney, and I said, the ghost of, excuse me, ghost of Jim Sweeney uh, said, I want to see more carries from Sherrod. I agree, but it's, it's hard when you're not, you can't establish the run. And uh, so that, now my question is this, uh, San Diego state stack in the box blitzing often. I will, I would like to see the numbers on how many times they brought more than four players. I don't know if they have that, uh, but how many times they brought more than four players. And when they do that, can you run the ball now? Yes. you. I would say you can run the ball outside, you know, run it outside the tackle. Uh, and if, if you're going to pass and they're blitzing, we got to get it out quicker because you know that there's a disadvantage. You're at a disadvantage. And so Jake needs to understand that. I think he does. Maybe the routes are not complementary to what um, Jake wants to do with the ball or what the, how long the O-line can block for. So there's some things that need to be worked out. They'll, they're going to see that in the film room, no doubt, and make the adjustments. And I think that goes to um, when um, our offense comes out and checks to another play. We see it all the time. They come out, see how the, the defense lines up, and then we're checking to another play. You know, and it's the clock is ticking down. The, everyone's sweating because the play clock's getting close to zero. So I think now we're going to see different plays being checked to. You know, when you're making audibles, you have certain audible calls. So now those plays are going to change. Um, to quick slant routes. I mean, Nico took that his one his catch to the house, his slant route. Uh, so I, I mean, there's lots of different things that you know our team needs to work on and needs to do. And you know, there's situational football that needs to be to get better. That needs to get better from uh, execution and coaching standpoint. And it all starts. And I say all this to say it all starts with the offensive line. So sorry, long-winded answer. Uh, Offensive line has to get better for those things to happen. Well, and even talking about those adjustments, I mean, we saw that in the second half. I mean, especially in the fourth quarter where first they pretty much abandoned the run. And, you yeah. know, for most of the fourth quarter, they were running four and five wide receiver sets. And it was just, yeah, Jake's going to throw, you know, take a one or two step drop and he's going <laughs> to throw it. And I mean, it worked. I mean, they, they were giving up everything underneath. And so, yeah, credit to coach Moore and, um, you know, the coaching staff and offense to, yeah. make an adjustment and execute because yeah, obviously they just realized like, okay, we can't run the ball with this offensive line. And, you know, they even mentioned it in the post-game press conference, you know, Jake said, you know, we were, you know, we were bringing in an extra tight end and a running back to try to help with pass protection, but it was just, you know, inviting more guys to you know, <laughs> blitz and, you know, rush the passer. So he was like, so I, yeah, I think 
you know, coaching staff even mentioned, you know, a, a lot of that was Jake's suggestion to say, hey, let's just go empty set and let's just, you know, throw these short passes and get, mm-hmm. you know, three, five, seven yards every time and it works. So um, I think that's just shows the experience of, you know, a six-year quarterback who can identify that in defense. And, you know, they were getting to the line, seeing where defense was lined up and they were making, you know, audibles and it worked. So mm-hmm. credits to the offense for, for making an adjustment in the fourth quarter. And you even saw Jay Kaner make an adjustment at the line of scrimmage to Nico on the, unfortunately on the tip ball and the interception in the end zone. I think he audibled that route mm-hmm. to, uh, and uh, it just was, and he was open. It was just, it was tipped and yep. fell behind him. So, I mean, I, yeah, I, Jake looked awesome. And that last, not the last drive or the last play to Nico, but the drive before that, that just dinking and dunking it the whole way down. Uh, some people don't like it. Uh, you know, but when you can't run the ball, you have to do that. And, and it worked. Uh, speaking of running the ball, we didn't get to see Mims and Sherrod a lot. They combined for 15 carries. Can we say anything about them? I mean, Jordan Mims had a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, that, that was good. You know, they were able to punch it in in the red zone, you know, on the goal line. And, you know, that's been a big struggle for this team is just yeah. getting in the red zone and then actually translating that to touchdowns. So, yeah, that was good that they were able to execute there. Um, you know, we I think first say was it only one turnover on his downs on like fourth and one or was there two? I can't remember. Uh one, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So that that was tough. I mean, I remember it was a third and one and a fourth and one. And I think we ran it to Mims both times and he got stuffed both times. I think it was probably a bad spot involved in there too. It was um, very bad spot. Yeah. We we <laughs> yeah, we had people yelling in the section to uh you know measure it and so uh, on the third down one because they thought that that was a better spot. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, frustrating. But, you know, when the defensive line is getting that much pressure, I mean, it's tough to do, you know, any type of zone running, which it seems like it's a lot of the game plan. So, hmm. yeah, a little frustrating. And, I mean, there were a couple series in, uh, like, second and third quarter where it was all Sherrod and, you know, Mims was on the sideline. So they are trying to work him in. And, I mean, he's a little bit different of, you know, back. He's a little, you know, quicker and shiftier where, you know, Mims is, you know, kind of the bowling ball going forward. But, yeah, definitely need to make some adjustments. Um, yeah, it all comes back to the offensive line, like you mentioned. All right, move on to the receiving end. So when you throw for 394 yards, you're going to have a lot of receivers involved. Zane Pope, career game, 10 receptions, 143 yards, and a touchdown. He looked awesome. Nico, 10 receptions as well, 126 yards and, a t- and two touchdowns. Jalen Moreno Cropper, six receptions, 67 yards. Eric Brooks had three receptions for 23. Ty Jones had two catches for 18 yards. Uh, Raymond Powell's also got in the mix with one reception for uh, 10 yards. So, and then Jordan Mims and Malik Sherrod also had a reception. How about Zane Pope, huh? Yeah, I mean, this was like the old Zane Pope. I mean, he like if you think about think back about like three seasons ago. I mean, Zane Pope was our wide receiver one. I mean, he was our best receiver. And, you know, obviously with, um, you know, Cropper and Josh Kelly, you know, he kind of kind of faded lower on the depth chart. And I mean, even this season, I mean, he had a crucial drop against UConn and just seemed like he hasn't really been um, you know, really the guy that we've seen in his past. I and mean, he's a six year guy in the program, too. So personal State fans have seen a lot of Zane Pope. Um, yeah, this was really, really refreshing. Um, caught a really nice ball, um, you know, on, on offsides call. And so. Jake threw it up for him. He made a really good catch um, along the sideline. And then they didn't uh, need to throw a flag on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a really good catch uh, by Pope. And then uh, Jake's throw to Pope in in the end zone for the touchdown. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a really cool throw. And uh, just from like where my seats were, it was like just a really cool trajectory to see it. And I mean, it was a perfect throw. And so, and a really good catch. And he caught the two point conversion too. And, and the onside kick. So, <laughs> I mean, the, probably best game of his career. I mean, I definitely can't remember, you know, a you know, more important game for Zane Pope. So that was, that was really big. And, you know, we needed it. Yeah. Uh, it's fun to see, you know, we, we've talked about Nico. He had his game. Jalen had his game. Uh, Eric Brooks had a game. His game was against USC, unfortunately, but he had his game. And now Zane is getting his time in the spotlight. So uh, really happy for the kid. And yeah, he played lights out. Uh, Nico, 126 yards and two touchdowns. Um, also, he tried to hurdle the punter. Uh, that didn't work out too well, but. The, yeah, and, the, he, and and he and he fumbled another punt. So like, yeah, he, yes. he's. He, I mean, he had a really good, really productive day receiving. Um, and yeah, he's solidifying himself. Like, he might be the best receiver on the team right now, and might have the best shot at going pro. Um, but that's just my opinion. But uh, yeah, and I mean, really weird special teams day uh, for this team. <laughs> I mean, it was just a nightmare giving up a fake punt. <laughs> Nico fumbling the ball backwards. That's right. I mean, we lost like 15 yards on that one. Uh, so luckily he was able to recover. And a blocked but, field goal. Yeah, and a blocked field goal. But yeah, I mean, ever since you know Nico took one to the house, it seems like his uh like special teams abilities have I guess uh you know gone with him. So I don't know if he cut his hair or <laughs> changed something about it, but um but I I'll, I'll take more production on offense and just fair catches on man, yeah. special teams. So I'm perfectly fine with that. All right, let's talk about this defense. Uh, they forced six turnovers. I guess that's the big story for a defense. You, you force six t- turnovers. Usually, score differential is bigger, but we – I mean, we forced six turnovers. So, I tell me what you think about that. Yeah, you know, really, you know, tail two different halves. I mean, the – you know, you could tell the defense really made a change after halftime. Um, but I do think, you know, one of the commenters that we had, you know, was correct in saying it really seemed like San Diego State was playing a little more conservative in the second half. And especially, mm-hmm. you know, their their last possession where dogs forced, you know, three and out, um, you know, we were like, thank you. They're just handing the ball off. And I mean, if they would have just thrown it to Shavers or someone who was open for a lot of this game, you know, it, it could have been you know a different story there. But, yeah, overall. I mean, we had a lot of injuries, too, uh, in the secondary. Yeah. I mean, Braylon Lux, I mean, he, he got hurt, and he ended up in a, in a walking boot. He, he stayed on the field, though, stayed in his jersey. You know, he was still you know, locked in there. So, you know, we saw uh, it was like Carlton Johnson came in, and he ended up making the interception at the end of the game. But he played most of the second half at corner, and um, I think Lockridge was on the other side. I mean, him and uh, Kale Sanders were kind of swapping time. But it kind of seemed like Sanders got benched uh, as he was getting uh, – He got beat. Getting, he was he was getting beat for most of the first half, so uh, and that you know gave the opportunity for uh, for Johnson to come in and you know he played well and you know, he's one of those guys where he came in. I'm like, who's forty? And I'm trying to kind of get <laughs> get my roster refreshed. I'm like, okay, I haven't really heard about this guy, but you know, let's let's find out. And then you know we got more information in the press conference after the game. I guess you know he got hurt like early in fall camp, and this was his first week of practice and you know, injuries happen and now he's in the game and making a big play. So, um, yeah, that was, that was good. Yeah. Your, your comment about Evan seeming a little bit slow or I, I agree with that. It seemed like, um, obviously he was still around the ball, you know, had second most tackles. He had eight tackles on the day, but 
it seemed like he was just a little bit slower to um, to the ball than he uh, than he used to be. Which, granted, I mean, he's wearing <laughs> a giant knee brace, so obviously there's there's something there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about it. Uh, I'm thinking he's always around the ball, like he's a stellar safety, and so this play was probably just your you know. Other teams would kill to have this play from a safety, like like Evan Williams did last game. But we're just so used to him flying everywhere that it yeah. was, you know, step slow. But yeah, I, he was fine. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, big day from uh, Malachi Langley. I mean, 12 total tackles. He was everywhere. I think he he played most of the game. I mean, him and uh, Lavelle Bailey. I don't think either of them really came out much. They were just workhorses back there. And same with uh, Maurice Norris. I mean, he was all over the place he's making tackles breaking up plays and uh which is surprising because you know he kind of took the spot for uh, justin houston at the beginning of the season when um you know he hasn't been able to play and from what we were told justin houston was available for this game ready to play and i don't i didn't see him get in at all um so i mean i, I credit either. i credit that's a norris i mean he didn't give him a reason to get subbed out i mean he's just playing really well at that the nickel position and kind of playing linebacker too so that's really encouraging. So linebacker play is really strong. You know, um, defensive backs was okay. I mean, gave up a lot of passing yards to uh, San Diego State team who really doesn't pass <laughs> that successfully very often. I mean, they had 291 yards, which has got to be – I know that uh, the first game for Jalen Maiden, I think he threw over 300 yards. But um, – so yeah, he's he was he was a decent passer that you know we had to go up against. So yeah, Jalen Maiden is no joke, man. Yeah, and it's funny like they might have that quarterback that I've been saying they needed for all this time. <laughs> you know, he's competent and obviously you know his his pick that he threw earlier in the game that, that Lockridge got. I mean that was just a really bad decision, bad throw, and you know he yeah. obviously just didn't didn't get it out of bounds. And credit to Lockridge for holding on to it and um, getting a return there. Um, but yeah, I mean the defense did enough to uh, get it done. And I mean, they only gave up a touchdown in the second half. So um, really, really good turnaround there. And I mean, even looking at the the rushing stats, if you take out the, you know, 33 rushing yards that San Diego State was credited for on that fake punt, I mean, they only gave up 125 yards rushing on 37 attempts. That's like three yards carry. So yeah. I mean, overall, you know, rushing game, they, they, our defense did a pretty good job of limiting what they can do. Um, but San Diego State was really good at converting a third down. I mean, they only had one punt um, this whole game that they actually punted. So that's just tough for you know any team to go up against. But yeah, I'm I'm rambling. What are your defense thoughts? Uh, Force fumbles. They that they were punching the ball out. Well, one of them, <laughs> the their own old lineman punched it out. Um, I don't. You probably couldn't see it from your angle in the field. Mm -hmm but their O-lineman moved his hand and just happened to hit the ball. It was perfect. Just hit the ball right out of the running back's hand. Uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, they fumbled four times. Uh, we we recovered it three of the four times. Um, and uh, David Perales, uh, credited with a sack, was strip sack, and which was huge. Uh, that, that set us up. So I, I thought overall – it was fine. You know, they, San Diego State came out and played a different brand of football that I don't think, oh, even Coach Shepard said it in his uh, post-game post interview, they weren't really expecting it. And so to come out 
and not be prepared for what San Diego State was going to do. Credit to them for hiding that. Um, and then our defense doing what they did. I'll take that. 28 points, six turnovers. I mean, that was that's awesome. So uh, it's, it's just a matter of our offense now taking advantage of those opportunities, which uh, just too, you know, a, a too, I, I call them lucky, you know, a, well, a good play on the tip ball on the interception. And then they got lucky. Josh Kelly uh, slipped or tripped. Um, so other than that, I mean, we would, we, we would have won by even more. Uh, we would have been in a bit better spot. Uh, we talked a little bit about special teams and Nico uh, fumbling. And then we talked about the block kick, uh, the block field goal kick, which they were taking advantage of every field goal attempt. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, we're lucky that they only blocked that one. Um, and then the fake punt that they they converted on. Special teams didn't look that great. And then I want to add, I don't know if you saw it, but Tedford was laying into Baxter on the right. sideline. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah, so very interesting. Uh, some things are probably going to change or there's going to be a long meeting or apology. I don't know from one of them <laughs> later on, but I mean, Hey, that's, that's the nature of the game. It's, you have to do that and as a head coach. I actually appreciate seeing that from Tedford. That's the most I've seen him fired up all year. I'm sure he does it more, more often than we see. Uh, but you know, Cameron just got cut to him at that perfect time is uh, laying into John Baxter. So I don't know. What, what did you think? I Special teams wasn't it was wasn't that great, but yeah, got the job that, done. Yeah, it wasn't that great. Um, but I mean, but then again, we executed an onside kick, and that's true. So, so that's that's huge. And uh, yeah, it was it was a really good kick too. I mean, he got it to you know past you know two levels of uh, the receiving team, and Zane Pope recovered it, which was which was really cool. But uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of hard to tell in the stadium, but on the, the block field goal, I mean, was it just a breakdown in blocking or was the kick too low or kind of what, what was the reason there? Yeah. Breakdown in blocking. Okay. From what, from what I could tell, um, they were taking advantage of, of how we, how, I, I don't know how we were blocking on the left side of the line and they were breaking through. Um, I saw it multiple times. So it's, it's just how we, we're blocking the field for the field goal. Um, but, and, oh, and then I talked to our, our buddy, Jacob Westbury and there was a high snap. So he said, yeah, I'm going to be talking with them. I'm going to be talking with that whole group. Uh, but Abe was perfect on the ones that he got off. Uh, Carson King had three punts, one in the 20 along of 42 though. Yeah, I mean, he was off, and I mean, even you know, we were watching him, you know, at the halftime warmups, and like his warmup punts. I mean, he was shanking them; like it was not looking good. I was not feeling confident about the the punting game coming into the second half, but you know, luckily that didn't end up being a factor. But yeah, I mean, I would really like to see something a little stronger from you know the the punt game because um, it, Fresno State just doesn't really have the ability to flip the field right now, um, and so that's just putting the defense in a more difficult position. Um, but yeah, overall crazy special teams day. And I mean, one of the things that I've noticed too, is talk about like punt coverage and punt return is you know, we have a lot of offense, offensive players that are on like punt block or punt, punt cover. Mm -hmm. And so I, I wonder if, if that came into play at all with, 
you know, being, uh, you know, susceptible to giving up a, a fake punt, just if, you know, guys aren't used to, I guess, you know, analyzing that or what, but uh, yeah, I mean, we have a lot of, a lot of receivers and running backs that are, you know, on that, that cover team. And, you know, maybe if we just you know, keep, keep the defense out, there, you know, that probably doesn't happen, but um, I know they're, they're trying to get skill fast guys in there to try to, you know, break something up or block a punt. But yeah, so far, you know, we haven't really been all that close and, San Diego State usually has a pretty good kicking game, too, so they were able to execute. All right, I'll talk about this last sequence of uh, plays. How were you feeling going into the fourth quarter and or maybe even halftime? And it just, to be honest, it wasn't looking good. Yeah, I mean, at halftime, I was still optimistic. And, you know, the first first possession, you know, Fresno State picks off San Diego State. So it's like, okay, you know, this is big. And, you know, even before that, mm-hmm. you know, before halftime, San Diego State was driving and they were potentially, you know, at least going to get a field goal. And then, you know, they had a handful of penalties that pushed them back. And then they ended up just kneeling on it and going to, uh, you know, halftime at, uh, you know, whatever the score is, I think it was 21-10. So, um, yeah. you know, coming out of halftime, you know, Fresno State gets the pick, which was huge. Um, and so that And then kinda, we went down and threw a pick in the end zone. <laughs> we went down and threw a pick. So um, And then they went down and scored a touchdown. Exactly. They had a, you know, really long drive, eight play, 80 yard drive. And it was like, Oh boy. Okay. This, you know, might be, you know, what ends us. And then, you know, we punt um, immediately after that. And they um, muffed it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it felt like we were just getting so lucky and, you know, San Diego state just didn't want to win. So um, that was huge. And especially, you know, Jesse Matthews, I mean, really sure handed receiver. I mean, I've talked pretty positively about him and uh, he got his first touchdown this season too. So I feel like <laughs> I like reverse jinxed him or something. But, um, yeah, that was just really surprising. Um, but I mean, it was on the same side of the field that, you know, Nico muffed his pot. So maybe it was something with the lights um, that was true. <laughs> there we go. That yeah, was it. So yeah, yeah maybe, maybe it's kind of, kind of the same spot. So um, and yeah, credit to punt coverage. I think it was Elijah Gilliam that ended up uh, recovering it. Um, and then thankfully dogs were able to punch it in. So, um, that, that was, that was good. Um, but yeah, at that point it was, I was feeling like, okay, I think we can do this. And then, I mean, if you look at the sequence in the fourth quarter, I mean, Fresno state forces, uh, San Jose state turnover on downs first possession. And then Jake throws another pick. And that was after, you know, a long drive. I mean, we were driving in the end zone, in the end zone. So it just felt like, like ne- neither one of these teams like wants to win this game. They just keep giving the ball away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, uh, I think it was, that, that was when Perales forced his fumble, right? Was that, yep. was that, so yeah, it was just electric. And then, and the, so we forced the fumble, Perales forced fumble, we get the ball and we go nowhere and yeah. then we get a field goal blocked. Yeah. Three, three straight incompletions, which was frustrating. I mean, at least we didn't throw a pick. That's good. But, uh, yeah. And then just the special teams breakdown. That was demoralizing. At that point, it was like, okay, yeah, this you know game's probably over, but you never know. Crazy stuff's happening. Defense is playing well here in this fourth quarter, so uh, I think we, we still had a little bit of hope that we would at least get another touchdown. And you know, well, I mean, for- credit to the defense after that. Uh, after we missed the field goal, we forced a three and out, and we used our timeouts wisely. Mm-hmm. So um, the the coaching came into play there, and they they use the timeouts perfectly and defense. Awesome. Yeah. And you know, the offense marched down the field. I mean, 80 yards, 11 plays. Um, it did feel like they were going pretty slow. It seemed like there wasn't a ton of urgency in that, 
possession, but there was still a little bit of time. I mean, the whole possession took, I think, two, two minute, 46 seconds. So, you know, they executed. And then, you know, the biggest thing too is executing the two point conversion. I mean, I can't remember the last time we actually, you know, executed that. <laughs> it seems like we usually try to do some like roll out and throw it to the pylon and then it's contested or we get tackled short. Um, so I, I liked that we had guys, you know, running across the back of the end zone and Jake was able to find Pope because, you know, it's hard to continue to cover for you know five or six seconds, you know, once the play develops. So um, mm-hmm. that was, that was really encouraging to, you know, see, um, you know, two point conversion and the onside kick right after that. So those two execute, executed plays was huge. Okay. How did you feel after the block field goal? Uh, after the block field goal, I was pretty pretty frustrated uh, i mean we were just leaving points on the board i mean er, early in the four, first quarter you know in fresno state uh I, I don't know if we were close to the red zone and you know, we ended up settling for uh or no we we didn't take the field goal that's what i'm trying to say is um you know i think we had fourth and short and you know we got stuffed and you know at that point i was like man like we could have had six points this game would have been closer we'd only need one touchdown and um <laughs> So yeah, I, that's kind of when you you start pro, you know thinking about the you know rest of the game and points that you know were, were left on the field and thinking, gosh, you know this, this game could have been so different if we executed you know these plays differently. But um, yeah, they 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 made it work. I mean, it was it was magic, and you know the the stadium was loud uh, even with you know the few number of you know fans that were still there i mean we were we were yelling and uh i mean i think we stood for probably the last four minutes of the game and which was fine because there was no one for 12 rows behind me so i didn't have to worry about blocking anyone's view <laughs> but yeah it's frustrating man i mean you know i want the red wave to be there and cheer for the team and you know that was gonna when- be my next question yeah, so I maybe let's let's go into this. Uh, if if you're well, I, I guess we we haven't you know finished the game drive with um, you know after the onside kick, first first play touchdown. I think that was probably the the biggest relief is like okay, great. Like I'm glad this isn't coming down to the last second, and we're gonna have to complete a 17 yard pass for a touchdown. Like scoring on the first play was huge. That was like the most relief. <laughs> Just like okay, we have we have the lead. If they come back in 40 seconds, you know, and score, you know, I'm almost at peace with it. It's like we we did our job, we scored, and you know, it's it's up to the defense. Yeah, you know, I thought there's a big improvement. One on the 80 yard drive that took 11 plays, and we didn't have any timeouts during that drive, by the way. And then, well, one we couldn't, I you know, one play touchdown. But I thought there's a big improvement because earlier in the year, and I don't remember what game it was. We talked about it. There was uh, some miscommunication. They should have, I think they tried to spike the ball. Yeah, yeah. I, they tried to spike the ball instead of calling timeout. Um, and it, it was just poor management um, and, and play calling, poor clock management and poor play calling towards the end of the game. This was perfectly executed. Uh, you, I saw the team. The team has grown. They've taken a huge step forward in that. Um, aspect of their game and then of course uh one play touchdown we don't have to worry about it anymore so i i saw you know i saw the team get better so the team and the team has gotten better since those last couple games where it has come down to the wire and we don't really know how the team's going to respond and things like that now we know our and what we've been through the past couple weeks this team is hardened and ready to go 
So they executed yeah, just I, fine. I, I, I think that coach Moore is, you know, growing too, as a play caller, um, you know, thankfully he did not call a uh, reverse or end around to uh, Jalen Cropper. <laughs> any, any wide receiver. Yeah. So yeah. Thank, thankfully it may, I mean, maybe he's listening to the show and, you know, he's finally listening to our advice. Yeah, so, I'm, yeah, sure. Let's, I'm sure. Let's <laughs> stop doing these negative plays. So um, yeah, that, that was encouraging that, okay, we're finally learning from our mistakes and we're, we're caught, you know, calling plays that situationally you know we should be able to execute so yeah overall it seems like this this team is gaining momentum um there's plenty of hope i know we talked about that you know a couple games ago you know (laughs) we have a ton of hope now i mean you know this this season is you know still right in front of us Fresno state just needs to execute you know there's four more conference games Fresno state wins out it's you know west champions and even if they lose one there's still you know, a really strong situation where um, they can still represent the West. I think yeah, as long as they beat UNLV, um, they can lose one of the other three. And um, I think they'll, they'll be all right. Um, so, but let's just win out. And exactly. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's, let's not leave anything up to chance. Let's just, let's just win out. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now I'll ask you, you said you were frustrated about the fans leaving. And if you're on Twitter, like I said, you need to get on Twitter. It's been this, Huge thing. And I mean, we have fans bragging that they stayed like all of a sudden there's 20,000 people that were at that, at, at the last quarter, last three minutes of the game. Anyways, uh, I, I, uh, what are your feelings? All of them. Give me all your feelings about the people leaving early. Well, I I think it's clear that, you know, they aren't diehard fans, which, is fine i mean that's that's not really an expectation we can have about you know every person that comes to the game um but at the same time you know if you're coming to your game and you know you're supporting your hometown team or you know your alma mater you know there's still a chance you know you never know what happens college football is crazy you know people turn the ball over like we saw and you know there's still a chance that something weird's going to happen and you know your team could still win and so i guess you know having that you know optimism um, or even just wanting to stay, you know, till, till the final tick on the clock. Uh, I guess that's just, people don't have that anymore. I mean, you know, we can't really, can't, can't really say it was cold. I mean, it was like maybe in the sixties and, you know, we've had that weather for this week. So it's not like it was a surprise. So, I mean, people I think, were dressed appropriately. I mean, it's Halloween weekend. Some people were probably out and up late anyways. So right. I, I feel like there was very little excuses here. Um, for you know bailing early unless people just had parties that they wanted to go to or um you know they just weren't super interested in in this game so yeah overall really frustrating and you know obviously you know the the players are feeling it too and you know seeing their opinion on twitter which um hopefully is a good thing and i I, probably most most fans don't care about that especially the fans that are leaving early i don't think they care but um you know, for the diehard fans like us, you know, it's it's painful, man, because you know we need to have a strong home atmosphere so that way when there is a big third down, you know, we can be loud and we can, you know, hopefully cause some disruption for, you know, the other team play calling or something like that. So, um, but we always say, you know, wins gets butts and beats. So, um, you know, this team's on a three-game winning streak and, you know, we need to have a good turnout next game against Hawaii because there's really no excuse. I mean, I mean do the players want it, though. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I mean, I think that they would say yes. They they want a loud crowd. I, I don't think they're actually going to turn people away. But 
Um, it seems like the the players are definitely getting a sense of some, uh, um, yeah, not super committed fans. And uh, uh, it's, yeah, no, I'm, it was very interesting and sad to see people leave early. Our rule and our family has always been, if the game is within 16, you're, you're going to stay. <laughs> okay. Right. 16 means you score a touchdown onside kick, get the ball, go for two, score it onside kick touchdown, uh, go for two. Anything is possible. Okay. That can happen. So you stay within 16. Now. Okay. So I'm, I'm just play devil's advocate here. Okay. I agree. I, I mean, I'm with you and you know, this, you can vouch for me. We always, you and I, we say at the end of the game. Always. We always say at the end of the game. Even when we were students and um, I remember staying at the UNLV game, it's raining. We come back and win and we stayed in the rain while the rest of the crowd left. Yep. 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 Okay. So now here's the deal though. Team did not look good. First, first half. Okay. I mean, so there's, there's an argument to be made and because people, I hear this from people that were at the game. Well, okay, you know, they didn't play that well. There was no reason for me to stay. Uh, my wife is at home and uh, we want, I was with my buddies and we were going to go get, we hadn't eaten in a while and we we're going to go eat. And, you know, we didn't, didn't look that great. So, okay. So now, now I see the point where the players are coming from like, wow, you didn't believe in us. You should have stayed. You know what? Because people players on Twitter are saying, you don't believe, don't show up. Don't, don't even come next time. That's what they're legitimately saying that for people yeah. on, on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, don't come next time if you're not a believer. So, uh, and I think two things can be right or two things can be correct is that, uh, yeah, you should probably stay to the end of the game. And also, yes, as a player, probably shouldn't put those things out there. Uh, but we get to criticize the players. They get to criticize us. It works both ways. Mm-hmm. The last thing that I'll say that was said on the spaces, I won't say who said it. It wasn't me, though. Uh, when you lose your three sellouts in a row, it's going to be hard to keep people in the stadium. And I, I, that's just the honest truth. And I, and I agree with that. It's going to be hard to keep people in the stadium when you've lost a couple bad games, you sell out two games, they lose, you sold out Boise against last year and you get blown out. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be hard to keep people around um, for those games. Now, if, if we're undefeated going into this game, I think it's a different story in the crowd. More people stick around. Yeah. Um, it's, it's tough. It's tough. And you know, if, if I'm, if I'm a coach, I don't want my players going out there and, demonizing the red wave for leaving early it uh but at the same time um i understand so i i you know i i I, that's all i can say about it i don't know what else we can say yeah i think we've pretty much covered it so i I mean at least we didn't beat up any san diego state players in the tunnel that's true yeah (laughs) exactly we uh didn't pull a Paul of Michigan, so that's that's good. But yeah, yeah uh, overall, you know, hopefully, you know, this win just encourages, you know, Fresno State fans. To... Oh, that's what I was gonna say. Okay, go ahead. So I don't think it does. Really? Okay. If Why? if because if players are calling you out and you left, I don't think you go to another game. Mm-hmm. And granted, yeah. that's what the players want. But if you want a loud crowd, you're not. It's gonna be hard to get now. Right. And so 
and so now, now as a, as an organization, as a school, as a school or as, as a company, really they're a big business. I gotta, I gotta tell my, my guys, Hey guys, you know, we really need people in seats. It, we want to play, you know, we want to make more money. Um, we want to show, you know, PAC 12, big 10, big 12 that, you know, we can put butts in seats. And when you're telling people to not show up, stay at home, because you don't believe in us, it's not really helping the cause. So, yeah, you know, maybe more of a uh, thank. And they did this. Thank you to the people that were there and just leave mm-hmm. it at that. Yeah. Uh, some of them did that. Others not. Uh, they did. Thank you. But then they told everybody to stay at home. So, uh, you know, it's you're, you're playing with fire there and stuff. But as a fan, yeah, you need to stay. Yeah. But I mean, I will say, you know, uh, a poor crowd didn't keep uh, UCLA from getting invited to the Big Ten. So maybe that's less important. <laughs> the conferences. That's true. That is true. All right. Who is your uh, player of the game? Man. Um, I, I, I think you have two good people in mind. I'm going to take the other one. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go to Zane Pope. Uh, okay. I mean, he made huge plays and, you know, recovering the, the onside kick, you know, that doesn't happen. Then Fresno State doesn't win this game. So mm-hmm. um, huge performance for him. And, you know, it's gotta be, you know, a really good feeling for him too. You know, he's been in the program a long time, you know, ups and downs injuries and, you know, up and down the depth chart too. So uh, really good to see that performance from him and, you know, just to reawaken another weapon uh, for, for this offense. So. Overall, really cool to see Zane Pope with a great performance. Yeah, really happy for Zane Pope. He would he would be my guy as well. Um, I'll go Jake Hayner. I'm I'm not going to put the two interceptions on him. Uh, 394 yards, three touchdowns. That's really good. And he was getting hammered all night. So I'm giving it to Jake. Uh, you you brought up uh, Zane and the, an onside kick, and we talked about it. Do you think that? Uh, uh, San Diego should just let it go. Nobody touch it because there was some umph on it. There and was, it, yeah. I thought it was going to go out of bounds until the guy touched it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen that strategy played a couple of times and it, it is interesting to see. Um, yeah. I feel like, you know, you have your hands team out there for a reason. They should be able to catch the ball. And, you know, when your <laughs> best receiver you know, fumbles it and I guess, you know, now that I think about it, you know, Jesse Matthews fumbles that punt and he, you know, kind of barely get the hand on, you know, that, that onside kick. So uh, I mean, that's the way they want to draw it up and have their, their skilled players out there to make plays and <laughs> they just weren't able to, but yeah, it, it is an interesting theory to try to just let the ball go to bounds if, if it is coming in hot. I, a beautiful kick though. Awesome. It was awesome. Best executed onside kick I've seen in years. Uh, play of the game. I'm I'm giving it to the onside kick. <laughs> yeah, that I'll yeah, just the the last three plays. Um, just I mean that's really what it was. I mean onside kick, Fresno State touchdown, interception, game over. Um, yeah, and yeah, that that whole sequence has got to be you know plays of the game. Yeah, I I mean, um, you also had the the Zane the Jake handed to Zane Pope in the end zone for the touchdown to get to 17. That was a really good play too. Um, that was probably the most, maybe the second most difficult to, difficult play after the onside kick. Um, I, awesome. This game was insane. Uh, I don't think that you're, 
Uh, maybe it's, uh, hopefully another game doesn't match it. I don't want to be in this scenario ever again, but, but it, it was so fun. I, it had my aunt from Georgia screaming and yelling, and she was laughing hysterically at the end after we, after Nico ran into the end zone. It, what a game. And my wife was asleep. She, she was tired. You know, she's taking care of the baby all day. She fell asleep. She woke up. When, when we recovered the onside kick and I woke up the baby and it's, he's, you know, yelling at me. Uh, oh my gosh. It was, it was wild. It was so fun. It's going to be one of those moments that you remember where you're at. Definitely. Yeah. So really, really fun game. And I mean, this is why we love football, right? It's because mm-hmm. you, know, you, you can never plan for this stuff to happen. So uh, another great game and, you know, another week of, and I'll recap here on Beware Bulldogs podcast. So we, we love doing this. We, we appreciate you guys listening and following us and interacting online. Uh, it's a lot of fun for us. And uh, so hopefully we keep it going, you know, we're what two thirds through the season now. Uh, we got four games left and still a lot to play for. So uh, stay tuned for, you know, what's coming up next and the rest of the season. In control of our own destiny. Stay right. safe, stay healthy. God bless you guys. And as always, go dogs. Go dogs.